welcome back, folks, to episode six of the Rundown Fantasy Football Podcast. Once again, my name is Justin Rogers, and you can find me on Twitter at RunDFF. And I'm joined, as always, by Jeff Roby. It's Monday night. We're taping during Monday Night Football, so if we get distracted, it's not our fault. We apologize. But, Jeff, what a Sunday. Let's go back to that. Huge, monstrous, epic performances define the weekend. And in our matchup, you certainly benefited, huh? Yeah, fans, we uh, we left it out last week that, that Justin and I were going up against each other, and uh, and he's he's wearing the cake and the dress. So uh, definitely took it to him this week. Almost, uh, what was it, about 100 points I put on you? Uh, you beat me by 92. Most of that will call it even 100. We'll, you know, we'll work it out later. Hey, so uh, fantastic uh, dominant performance by for, by those who actually uh, draft well and, uh, and go out there and they play real well because, you know, right now you're seeing top-level talent out there just not producing the numbers that you're expecting to produce if you drafted them in the first round. Yet if you look deep into your draft and found some guys like Chris Godwin and things like that are playing really, really well, then then you're actually reaping the benefits right now. And that's an example of, of how, how we're doing it out there. Uh, see now we're gonna we're gonna talk smack, but a week ago you were uh eating humble pie around everywhere with your shitty ass team. Oh, I can't say that. With your sucky team. So take it I'll take it while you can while you have a chance to give it. But uh yeah, when you get a donut from Mike Evans and Kamara, you know, your your Saints Kamara, I should have never invested in him. He's been worthless for me most weeks. It's just been frustrating. Hey, what can you do, you know? Uh, my team laid an egg, and when you have Michael Thomas, Samari Cooper, Chris Godwin, and just not much I could I could do against that trio that puts you already over 100 points just with those three. So uh. yeah, it was a fantastic week. It was a great week to watch football. Uh, you're seeing a lot of explosion out there this week, and it was fun to watch. So yeah, look, Field Yates tweeted earlier. I think he tweeted. I heard it earlier. Uh, he put out this was the first time in modern history that there were four players that scored more than 40 points in PPR fantasy. That's crazy. That's insane. Yeah, it is. Uh, And we're going to get to a couple of these in a second, but CMC, Aaron Jones, Will Fuller, and Deshaun Watson all just blew up with monstrous weeks. Uh, If you owned one of those and you lost, I just don't know how you did it. Some sort of bad luck. Uh, I actually am beating a guy with CMC. And uh, it came on the back of one of my streamers from last week, that Philadelphia defense. So I can't complain too much about how that worked out. Uh, my Philly defense actually outscored his in that in that league, in that particular scoring system. But anyways, let's get on to our uh, varsity and JV where we got a couple players to talk about. I already mentioned CMC, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, that's my varsity player. That's my varsity player for the season right now. He's a fantasy MVP. He is killing it. Uh, it seems like every week you just roll him out there and expect 30-something points. But this week he goes for 19 carries for 176 yards and two touchdowns, another six catches for 61-1. and one. He is on pace for over 300 carries, nearly 100 catches, and he's on pace to break Chris Johnson's all-purpose uh, yards from scrimmage. That's just nuts. I mean, he is going crazy. I don't know if he can hold up to this kind of workload. 440 touches or so, it's just but while they're going to give it to him, ride the ride the hot hand, guys. And uh, good luck to you if you got him. I hope to get him in a couple leagues, and it just kind of didn't work out. Uh, but he has been a workhorse and a half for you guys. So congrats on Christian McCaffrey if you own him, because all is well. 
So enough about my varsity player, because I've I got a feeling that you uh, want to brag a little bit about uh, your boys from the Saints. Tell me about your your varsity players, guy. Yeah, honestly, uh, varsity players right here is uh, the Bridgewater Thomas connection. Bridgewater completed, you know, a, a good healthy percentage of his pass, 26-34. You were even texting in the group chat, you know, that earlier day is like he's garbage because he's making them, you know, little choppy passes. He couldn't make them one to cooks early on. But in all honesty, they had a game plan, and that's what you're hearing out of uh, out of Sean Payton is that he's he does what a lot of coaches out there who 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 call themselves offensive minds who say that uh, they, they go out there and they try to run the same exact game plan using a different quarterback. And that doesn't really work real well, as they can see. But what you're seeing with Sean Payton is that he uses and adapts Teddy Bridgewater to his strengths. And this week he opened up the playbook a little bit further and got him down the road. And that's why you saw him throw 314 yards, four touchdowns, and interception. But that Thomas connection is really important because Thomas gets uh, 11 out of 13 targets, 182 yards, and there's two touchdowns. And, I mean, he's not just catching stuff and flying down the field. He catches short passes over the middle, and he's blowing them up and getting in the end zone. So the interesting thing here is that whether you got Breeze or you got Bridgewater, you could be really safe right now, you know, with Thomas and be happy. I drafted him in two of our legs, very happy with where he fell out to me, somewhere in the seventh and ninth, uh, seventh and ninth pick overall. And, and now he's caught at least nine passes in three of the past four games. You know, to me, you know, he, he's like the efficiency is out of control with him. I mean, he's got 45 out of 55 targets a year, sir. He's almost got a hundred, uh, or he's almost got half to halfway to a hundred catches already. And, and we're only into five weeks this year. So, I mean, uh, you know, the question really comes up this week is, is will he have Ramsey out there uh, or not? And so that's definitely something to watch, but I don't really think that that Bridgewater is going to really go to too many other people. Uh, yeah. You got, Getting the ball this week. Hey, there's a little bit of uh, honor there because, you know, Ginn had his, uh, his peewee football team out watching the game. But other than that, like Michael Thomas is the man. He's the one catching the balls. Cook's being worked in a little bit later, and I'll talk about him later on. But, you know, but truth be told, Thomas is the man. I think that connection, that's why I, I call that the varsity play of the week. Yeah, I don't I don't blame you. Look, Thomas carried you, and, and heck, if you got that kind of connection with those guys uh, – for, and when I said that Bridgewater stunk, at the time he was just dunk, dinking and dunking again still. But they opened that up uh, as the game went on, and he got the throw downfield, and it showed. Uh, he went from having uh, a six and change yards per attempt to nine nine plus in this game. And that's an incredibly high uh, average yards per attempt. I don't foresee that holding true. I think that there's going to be some regression back to what he really is, which is garbage. But what a monster game. And look, I'm facing a situation. I've got two different teams that are playing the very worst teams in the league. And both of my teams in those situations are loaded. And I'm trailing in both because those desperation teams had to play Teddy Bridgewater. And it just it's so frustrating when you come across somebody who played a garbage player and that garbage player turns out and has a, an incredible game, which Bridgewater did. He played great, so can't can't fault him for that. And he finally steps up and does what the Saints needed him to do. Uh, but they're 3-0 and without Drew Brees, and that's got to feel great for Saints fans. And as a Falcons fan, it is rough to listen to. Trust me on that. You know, maybe they just let Brees stay and, they, and Bridgewater runs out the season because he's the GOAT, you know? 
You don't want any part of that. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> yeah, do I have to actually respond to that? I mean, that's that's one of those where you just kind of let the silence air out, and everybody sits at home right now or driving in their cars, laugh at you. So I'm gonna let that affect. Hopefully, we don't car, cause another car accident with that. You might have. You might have just caused at least multiple. Somebody <laughs> slamming the brakes, going, "What the heck?" Yeah. Uh, but speaking of wide receivers who we expect to be monsters, and he wasn't for me. He laid that egg, like I said earlier. Mike Evans, man, I'm look. I may have been wrong. I said all off season. I said it the last few weeks that Chris Godwin is the wide receiver too, and that uh, they're gonna have to that people are gonna have to lower expectations and get realistic about what they expect out of those. But Mike Evans may just be taking a back seat, and that's no good. You know, Mike Evans goes up and plays it. You can't be a wide receiver one and throw up a goose egg. Not just like one for nine or anything. No catches. No yards. I mean, as frustrating as it can be. Yeah, so I kind of said this last week is is that I'm not sure that Mike Evans is the number one there. And now I hear you repeating it the other way. And it's funny because the listeners don't get to hear us throughout the week a banter back and forth about how Marshawn Lattimore is is a horrible cornerback this year. And uh, and truth be told, he shut him down, as I said he would. Uh, you know, so they don't get to hear how how I, throughout the week I'm totally dominating you with this this knowledge of of, of <laughs> you coming at me Look, with it. You had you had no statistical you had no statistical basis for that because he had been torched for the most yards by any cornerback in the league so far. So that was just you and a homer pick that worked out. Uh, I'm not no, giving you any no. credit for that. We talked, we talked about the fact that they're they're changing their scheme up. They're looking at getting even more involved, and he's saying how he's playing one-on-ones a little bit more. Now, we ain't going to get into it with all the players, but to me, I, I have Mike Evans out there. I'm really disappointed that he'd go and throw up a goose head. You're absolutely right. If you draft a guy number one overall, or, or maybe you're drafting him in the second round or whatever, you draft him up there, second round, maybe third round, you you know, and he throws a goose head, you, you are not feeling good. And that was me this week. I, I lost – I have two undefeated teams, and one of them I lost this week, and Mike Evans is the primary reason for that. But let me tell you about another one that if you're out there sitting real pretty on, you felt out about. My JV was the Rivers to Allen connection. Rivers, I mean, he played a horrible game. I mean, he was against the Broncos, and we were really expecting Rivers to do well this one. 211 yards, two interceptions, a quarterback rating of 58.6. You know, that's just – to me, that's not what you're expecting at a number of quarterback. But more importantly, a lot of people are counting on Keenan Allen, who has been really good through the first four weeks. He, he posted but the uh, first three weeks, and he posted a really tough fourth game. And now fifth game, his second straight game, and, and he, he, he kind of struggles. And, and you're talking about he had only six targets, and he got 18 yards. Uh, you know, that's – that's not what you're expecting from from a guy who who most people uh, predicted double digit points on, and and two in a row, and he's he's throwing up there. So to me, Allen, the Rivers Allen connection is is my JV play of the week. Yeah, and they're gonna have to get that straight because that offense is uh, devoid of some real playmakers, and Keenan Allen is one of those guys. Now with Melvin, Melvin Gordon returning, and he's going to shake some rust some rust off. He's going to get back to his normal self, I'm sure. But uh, Keenan Allen's got to get more targets. You can't target him six times 
He's one of the premier route runners in the league, so he constantly gets open just by making cuts and moves and uh, head shakes. And those are things that that players cannot underestimate or as a defense, and that goes a long way. And Rivers is just not pushing the ball to Keenan Allen the way he was the first three weeks, and that offense looked great. And that's something to, to keep an eye on. Uh, I mentioned them a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going to talk again about that uh, L.A. Chargers uh, offense shortly. All right, so let's move on into the rundown where we're going to discuss uh, some big news, uh, particularly injuries this week. Fortunately, it wasn't one of those big injuries. Uh, unfortunately, that's going to affect our waiver wire later, but the injuries this week aren't too crazy. Mason Rudolph, brutal hit. He's already been ruled out this week, and it is Monday, so you know that's not good. I don't think anybody was expecting too much out of that, but I think it does affect some uh, peripheral pieces of that offense. Uh, Sammy Watkins leaves super early. I think he played one or two plays, hamstring injury, and now he is out. Uh, yeah, and- I don't even know if he got into the game. Uh, I was looking for him, I, you know, because I own him in, in two leagues, and I didn't even see him come into the game. I don't know that he came. He literally played like the first one or two downs, and that was it. One of those games where – I mean, this is typical Sammy Watkins – he teases you with one of those monster weeks like he did week one. He uh, goes out there and throws up, eh, whatever, for three weeks, and then gets hurt. And soft tissue injury, that's what he does. He's, he's lived on these soft tissue injuries. But it's just super frustrating. I was a Sammy Truther. I'm not anymore. And uh, I traded him in a dynasty league uh, early in the, or late in the offseason and not at all upset about that right now because it looks like he might be a, continue to be a bust. I mean, he's already yeah, he's really- a bust as far as NFL standards go. You know, I played him only because I handcuffed him to Tyreek Hill. Yeah. And uh, and now I'm, I'm I'm pretty much dropping him this week. Um, you know, I'm not going to get any trade value out of him. Uh, everybody knows what I know. And so, uh, yeah. So to me, I, I'm gonna I'm dropping him this week and and going to pick up some waiver wire guys that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Yeah, I, the only place I own him is in a league. It's a dynasty league where I own Tyreek Hill, and I was just ecstatic to be able to play him while Tyreek got hurt. So I thought, I thought, oh, you know, not much of a downgrade, but it has been not great. Uh, so a couple other injuries. We got some concussions to talk about. Sterling Shepard, Brandon Cooks, uh, both of them out. Uh, Wayne Gallman, uh, they all have concussions right now. Uh, Sterling Shepard has, has been ruled out, so uh, I don't – foresee that Wayne Gallman's going to play there on a short week. So that's going to be a tough. Hey, here's something funny. Uh, Concussions and funny, huh? That's a that's an interesting way to put it. Uh, it's a funny, funny, <laughs> funny, uh, interesting note. Danny Dimes gets a, uh, essentially he gets a nickname after one week, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was expecting Wayne Gallman to get a nickname, uh, but he didn't. And that rant that I went on about two weeks ago about who is Wayne Gallman, uh, I got a lot of people right now asking me uh, who 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 is after Wayne Gallman. And so it's just funny, like we what kind of carousel we going on? But I, I'm hearing Barkley might be back. Uh, what are you what are you hearing right now on, the, on that situation? Yeah, I think the, the Giants are still very optimistic about Barkley. I just think it would be silly to roll him out here. Two and a half, three weeks after his after a high ankle sprain, it doesn't make any sense. That team is not a contending team. Uh, get healthy and get right. But 
I wouldn't be one bit surprised if they roll him out there. And I wouldn't be one, one bit surprised if he re-injures that ankle because I don't care how good you think you are, how good you think you feel. Look, when I was 21, 22, I thought every injury was nothing, you know? No big deal. I can work through it. And uh, as you get older, you look back and you go, man, that was just dumb. I mean, the some of the stuff that we did as we were kids or, or young adults – uh, didn't make any sense, and it seems like he's not really thinking about his long-term future. And if he goes and re-injures that ankle and misses, you know, the rest of the season potentially, that's something that can be a career changer. Uh, yeah, but let me tell you this, buddy: New York Giants are one game out of first place in the NFC East. Who yeah, was saying that to me two weeks ago? Okay, yeah, who, who was having play, that Jeff, conversation? Jeff, Jeff, you've watched them play. You've seen they're not good. No, 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 no. I, I agree. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. They're not good. But I'm. I'm, I'm giving some some uh, insight into why. To to answer your question, why would Shaquan Barkley come back? Well, listen. Now's an opportunity. Who do they have? Well, they drew the short end of the stick, and they've got the Patriots, right? So if you really want to give it a shot, and you want to say this is the weekend to do it, and and I believe it's a what Sunday night game this week. So um, so to me. You know, I I think you got to be no. It's the Thursday night game. It's, yeah, it's the Thursday night week, game, right? right. Short yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah. So so they're all their situation here is get him back, Saquon Barkley back, give him an opportunity, um, and, and let's see see if they can upset the Patriots, uh, and and maybe they find themselves yeah. in in real. Now, if we're sitting here talking next week, and the New York Giants upset the Patriots. And Barkley plays and he does decent. You're gonna say, yeah, I'm 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 a believer. I'm a believer, right? But at the same time, what happens if he comes back, he gets re-injured, and he's never the same running back again? Because that's a that's a real possibility. This is not some minor injury. He's got ligament damage in his ankle. That's a high ankle sprain, and this is just stupid. The the NFL front offices, and I'm not going to say that the Giants have the best front office because we all know that situation, but NFL front offices need to step in and say, hey, this is an investment in our future. We have a rookie quarterback. We have a young wide receiver in Sterling Shepard. We have a young tight end in Evan Ingram. We have a, a, we're building an offensive line that we have been drafting. We've got an incredibly high-talent running back. There's no need to try and force the issue this year. They're yeah, it's a tough victory. one because you mentioned it. I mean, we're talking about injuries, and you got Shepard concussed, Gallman concussed, Ingram with a knee injury. So bringing Barkley back on knee injury, I don't know. I mean, yeah. that giant, that Patriots, uh, Patriots defense has been very, very good. Um, you know, so. Uh, and now they're going to play a rookie quarterback? No, man. No, look, we've we talked enough about him, and and uh, we may be on opposite sides as far as this goes, but I think we need to keep are on you rolling. Playing with him this week, if he's active, are you playing him? Barkley, I'm. He's never going to be on my bench if he's active. There you go. But I'm telling you, if I'm a Giants fan or I'm a Giants uh, front office person, or even if I'm a coach, I'm scared to death of what could happen and how it would jeopardize the future of this franchise. I mean, but since we're talking about fantasy football, you're telling your listeners, I'm telling the, our listeners, play him. Absolutely. If, if there's a chance. Absolutely. Yeah, no. He, look. Don't, don't be scared stuff. that it's the Patriots defense. Don't be scared. Just do it. 
Start your studs. I've, I've said it. Someone asked me earlier this week. Someone asked me earlier this week about starting Amari Cooper, and I laughed at him, and I said, please don't. And I sure hope that whoever it was out there, and I can't not remember who it was for the life of me. I was working behind the bar, and someone asked, and I said, do not bench your studs. And Amari Cooper goes out there and drops 227 yards or something like that. I mean, there's a reason that these guys are high-end players. It's because the talent talent overrides the defensive pressure that you can find from the other side. So much, so more often than the other way around. Uh, Cooper goes out there and has these huge games, and people pretend to be shocked sometimes. And it's like, why? He's an he's an otherworldly talent, and now he's got a quarterback that can deliver the ball. He's not playing with Derek Carr anymore. So, uh, another one that left early, like Sammy Watkins, was Philip Dorsett. I know we preached to grab him last week. Uh, it looks like he's going to miss multiple weeks, and that's not great. Um, and then some, some people to keep an eye on, uh, because of, not because they left the game, uh, but because what happened during the game, Patrick Mahomes, I don't know, most of you guys watched Monday Night Football and you saw he was hobbled. He had, he had that 300 pound lineman roll up on his ankle after he had already, uh, twisted it earlier in the game. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to miss any time, but who knows what happens when that, that ankle settles down and starts to swell because that's what happens when you get injured and you're active, it, it stays down. But when you stop moving and you get sedentary and you start resting, it swells up. Uh, CMC, same thing. He left. He actually didn't finish the game. Uh, the Bonifant or whatever the heck his name is, uh, I'll look it up in a second and get get that back to you. But he had a huge run to close out that game against the uh, Jags, put it away. Um, he's one to keep an eye on just in case CMC has an issue. And then David Johnson, Chase Edmonds got, got a lot of run uh, because David Johnson had to sit out a little bit. So, uh, And that's one that I think actually could end up uh, missing a game. And if he misses, De- Chase Edmonds is a top play this week. He's going to be a top 15 running back, in my opinion, uh, just because he's going to be running the show out there. Uh, A.J. Green has already been ruled out, but I think he's getting closer uh, we haven't had an update on Devontae Adams. Jeff was so uh, positive about him last week. Uh, I'm still not pos- I'm still don't feel great about him. I think he misses at least another week, maybe two. Uh, but on the plus side or on the positive side, Tyreek Hill, he's got a real chance to return this week. Uh, he did some non-contact practicing last week, but it looks like uh, they're thinking that he might be able to get back to a real practice this week, which uh, bodes well for his chances to return. And then Jeff mentioned Evan Ingram with the knee injury. He's questionable already. Uh, they didn't have real practices this week, but they did have to turn in practice reports because it's a short week for them. Uh, most teams return on Tuesday, but the, uh, whoever's playing on Thursday night, they technically return to practice on Mondays, and he was listed as a, a DNP, so did not practice. Now, of course, that wasn't a real practice, but what they what that means is that they're expecting him not to be able to practice, and that's a scary situation, uh, especially for a tight end who has been as dependable as he has. So, Jeff, you got any uh, worries, concerns, anything like that on any of these players? No, I'm specifically uh, excited to see about Tyreek Hill because with Watkins not playing this past week, you know, I think that Tyreek Hill, this is his time to come back and really have a big game. You know he's going to play well. You know, our, our southern boy there from West Alabama is is, 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 uh, is a real – I mean, he – I think he. This is the week that he comes back, reclaims his wide, re, wide receiver one status, and everybody who's got him is just excited to have him play. I mean, I think we've kind of been seeing it. He's been dribbling the ball a few weeks ago. He was limited in practice last week. 
Um, he was out there practicing during the pregames. Uh, and so I think this is the, the, I think this is the week he's going to come back and really kind of step up and help out. Uh, so I, I'm, I am, I am cautious. I'm cautiously optimistic on Devonte Adams, but like you said, it may be another week. I don't know. Uh, but I really need some of my guys who, like you, like I said, Tyreek Hill, Devonte Adams to come back into the back plan so that my teams can go back to score what they were scored. So I'm kind of hurting in those areas. Yeah. With, uh, you know, I mentioned that earlier, but with, uh, Sammy Watkins going down, it's a tight roster for me on that league. Cause I did draft uh, real heavily, uh, toward quarterbacks because it's a super flex so i don't have a whole lot of position players it would be really nice if i could get something out of uh tyree kill this week so i sure hope he comes back um but look let's talk about a couple a few players that we can probably get on the low low because they have not performed in the last couple weeks uh we got our buy lows here uh these are guys you need to work on trading for you know send offers out uh, you've got players that have overperformed on your roster that maybe you want to dump. Uh, these are the guys you want to target. Uh, I'm going to go uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio. They're they're studs. Uh, I I still believe in Mike Evans. Um, I think maybe he is a high end wide receiver two instead of a locked in wide receiver one right now. But that's still something to go and buy, especially you know after the last couple of weeks his I thought his buy window had closed, but they might have cracked that window open just a little bit for you because anybody who gets a goose egg out of a player that they started expecting a lot, they might be a little jaded. So go grab those guys. Uh, Evan Ingram, I mentioned him. Tight end is a wasteland, and this week was no different. Uh, people might be looking at their tight end situation saying, man, that sucked. But if you look around the league, everyone's tight end sucked. So it's not a situation where you have to be lamenting because you had the only one that was bad. I mean, they're just... Gerald Everett was leading. Darren Fells. I mean, those are the top two tight end scores this this week. It wasn't like anybody blew up. So uh, the, he's a buy situation. Uh, most of these high end tight ends right now are buys. And then uh, Terry McLaurin. He's you know he missed that game and then uh, comes back. He's playing the Patriots. It's a tough matchup and he just he doesn't get much. I think that's an opportunity that you could buy because he doesn't have that name value, but he is he does have a solidified role. Now I wish they would put Case Keenum back in there so that uh, he might actually have some production because as bad as Case Keenum is, Colt McCoy is that much worse. But um, that may change uh, altogether. Uh, they they fired Jay Gruden today. So there's an opportunity where you might actually even see more Haskins because Jay Gruden reportedly didn't, didn't want Dwayne Haskins. He didn't agree with the pick. He didn't like his tape. And so that's one of the reasons why you haven't seen Haskins out there much. Uh, so I think you're probably looking at Colt McCoy, then moving on from Colt McCoy so, and putting Case Keenum or Haskins back in there, which is great for Terry McLaurin. So Bruce Allen said today the quarterback decision will be made by the interim head coach, Bill Callahan. But Bill Callahan is saying Dwayne Haskins is not a candidate to start right now. So with that being said, I think that really leaves the, the choice for Callahan between Colt McCoy and Case Keenum. Now, yep. Colt, Colt got the, the rough end right now, right? So, Because he he certainly uh, had to draw the Patriots. But look at this matchup this week, you know? And, uh, you know, so this team, Colt McCoy is not, has been in this system for a long time. And so, personally, I think with his matchup this weekend, and I think they got, what, Miami? Yeah, it's Miami, yeah. right. 
So they got Miami, uh, which is a great. They finally get a good matchup, and uh, and and here I think whoever winds up being the quarterback, Cole McCoy or Case Keenum, I think Terry McLaurin is going to catch his passes and get big numbers, and I think you might actually even consider if you need one to stream Cole McCoy or Case Keenum. I mean, for people out there streaming Teddy Bridgewater, why not go for a Cole McCoy or Case Keenum? Just, just a thought. Uh, look, when I, remember when I said those two teams that were played uh, Teddy Bridgewater were last in the league? There's a reason they're last in the league. If you're streaming Teddy Bridgewater, my apologies to you and your team, but it's dead in the water already. And if you're doing the same thing with Colt McCoy, I'm not there with you. Well, you know, you tried, you went to the well on Case Keenum, and it didn't work out. And that's because there's too much volatility, and I think we figured that out. You know, the first few weeks looked great for Case Keenum, but that team is just in an upheaval, and I don't trust anybody on that offense outside of McLaurin right now, and simply because of volume for him. Yeah, but to me, I would be um, – I'm picking one of those guys over, say – uh, what is this guy's name? De- Devlin Hodges. So well, to yeah, me, I think you know, if you're trying to make a decision right now, and let's say let's say you went out and picked up Mason Randolph and Mason Randolph's hurt, and now you're like, who do I pick oh. up? I actually say you stream one of the Washington quarterbacks over over say Devlin. Um, I mean, because you got to think right now, if you're a guy who had uh, had um, Ben Roethlisberger. And then you picked up somebody else like a Nick Fallen. I mean, there's so many quarterbacks that have been hurt that it's 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 definitely foreseeable that a team is probably still can be doing well, especially if you draft a quarterback really late. And and you're doing really well because of your depth and your skill position players. And now you're saying, well, who do I get for my quarterback? And and I'm just really living week to week on a quarterback. I think I think uh, between these three guys that we just talked about. I think you just you pick up the streamer between who's playing in in Washington, and I wouldn't be having this conversation any other reason, but except for the fact that they're playing the Dolphins. Yeah, I I'm, I can't go there with you, man. I don't feel good about that offense. Uh, but two other guys, real quick, uh, running backs that maybe you can grab. And I talked about Alvin Kamara earlier. Uh, he's been extremely disappointing, and I think that's a product mostly of Drew Brees being out in that offense not being great. Um, but he has been frustrating as a top three pick this year. If you drafted before Zeke uh, came back, I would have drafted Zeke all day over him. But it just unfortunately worked out where all my drafts happened before uh, Zeke signed that contract and was back in. So he's a top three pick for a lot of early drafters, not even early drafters, just guys who drafted before that fourth preseason game. Um, And he's been incredibly disappointing when you look at what CMC has done or what some of these players behind him. And then another guy who was drafted in the top ten, uh, Lev Bell, uh, that's a guy who Sam Darnold is going to come back. Now, we don't know if it's going to be this week. They're supposed to do some testing tomorrow to see about his spleen. Uh, you know, the mono has got his spleen enlarged, and that's an issue. And it's certainly it's just an, a matter of when he's cleared, he's ready to go. It's There's no working back in. There's no uh, – it's just a, a black and white line where he crosses that line and his spleen is, has uh, gotten back to a normal enough size that he's back in there. So I keep an eye on that uh, because my understanding there is that 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 the Jets are actually, and this is funny. I think we were t- I was telling you this in the in the in a chat this weekend yeah. was that the Jets actually had 
Darnold running first team reps all last week. And to me, I can't imagine like you you if you're the Jets, you literally have thrown that game away. You can, you didn't give Falk any first team reps. And well, then he goes on. out there and you expect it. Yes. Now, now I get it. It's no, interception. They were gonna lose that game regardless. What they were hoping for was that a late late week test would result would reveal that Sam Darnold was ready to play and they could put him out there. But no, I mean Luke Falk is terrible. He honestly Call Colin Kaepernick because Luke Falk does not belong on an NFL roster before somebody like Kaepernick does. It's just silly. I would hire Tim Tebow before Luke Falk. And, that, and I, you know how I feel about Tim Tebow, you know, one of the worst quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. Last play for the Jets. Yeah, right? I mean, heck, he got cut. He couldn't supplant uh, Mark Sanchez, who was just terrible. You know, He's Mr. actually Buck. injured right now from his baseball playing, so he's not a real good pickup. But I would say this, uh, you need to be very careful um, with what, what you're what you're getting there. I think Adam Gase really shocked me, and to me, I'm I'm really, you know, I'm really shocked by the the Jets and and the fact that you would do something like that. I mean, there, if there's a chance that your quarterback who hasn't played in the previous couple of weeks may not play next week, and you're not going to have somebody else take some first team reps. You know, I mean, come on, come on. Yeah, that's we, a questionable look, coaching. Look, we're looking, we you're looking for rationality from coaching, and that's not happening because there is no such thing as rational coaching in the NFL from the fans' perspective, and it certainly holds true with Adam Gase, Mr. Bobblehead. So, uh, as far as sell highs, you know, I'm still on the sell juju train, and. It's, it might even be worse now. He had a really nice game this week, which opens up a sell window for you. I think he went seven for 75 and a touchdown. Here's one for you. So Juju has 171 yards in the last three weeks, but 131 of those have come after the catch. That's not sustainable. You're not going to catch, you know, four, five, six yards and then run 60, 70 yards or you know, that's just not sustainable. It's a situation where they have now they're gone to their third string quarterback, who's really their fourth string starting the season in Devlin Hodges. I want nothing to do with that offense. Uh, that includes James Conner and the aforementioned Deontay Johnson from last week. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, yeah, but- I mentioned last week that I thought you couldn't sell him high. I think you had him on the sell high last week. And I said, I don't think people can will 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 actually buy him because you know you you last week he was on the injury report and so you know couple that with a bad quarterback situation a not a realistic running game um, you know and then and playing in the AFC North is only going to get tougher as it gets colder so to me I don't know that you could actually sell high I mean injury. He's got a touch. He's only got two touchdowns. He's, you mentioned the stats. Yeah, he's getting targets, but he's getting targets from now Devlin Hodges. You know, so I mean, to me, I don't think he's made on that list. Uh, try it, wing it, and uh, but don't just don't expect a uh, a return on that. Yeah, I still think that just like we talked about some of these other ones, when you get on Twitter and you start looking at the trades, it's crazy. I mean, uh, someone someone was trading Adam Thielen. For Juju, I'd much rather have Adam Thielen right now, even in that offense. Uh, someone was trading Juju and Curtis Samuel for T.Y. Hilton. I'll take the T.Y. Hilton side on that one. Uh, I think there's opportunity for sure to trade him. 
especially coming off a 7 for 75 game scores again. Uh, people look at box scores and they don't they kind of ignore what really happened in the game. And they may not be paying attention to the fact that it's Devlin freaking Hodges out there throwing attempting to throw the ball. So, uh, but Allen Robinson's another one uh, because I think he's going to have an up up and down season. He's already done it so far. I would trade him. He just came comes off a monster game with a couple touchdowns. Um, I think that's an easy move for me. Now, he's got some name value. A lot of people still remember him from a few years ago. If you're playing with people that have been playing for three or four years, they remember him from his uh, year in uh, catch-up mode with Blake Bortles where they got all that garbage time. He had like 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns or whatever it was. Uh, and then Leonard Fournette, he's still not a good running back. He had a, another really nice game that makes two in a row, but he is not a good running back, guys, and he's injury-prone. He's, this is a guy whose ankle is made of freaking graham crackers out there. I would dump him if I could for anybody of decent. You might be able to move Fournette for Derrick Henry. You might be able to move Fournette for DeAndre Hopkins or Julio Jones. I would do that in a heartbeat simply because I know that the risk for that guy is higher than just about anybody else in the NFL not named Alshon Jeffrey or Sammy Watkins, who we, we all know is going to get injured at some point. Uh, Jeff, you got any thoughts about any of those, or you want to move on, man? No, I want to say something about Fournette. You know, I think I think this year is in, is is, uh, is that rookie contract uh, situation. So I think they're in. The, they have to make the club option this coming year. So to me, I think that he he does have that consideration. Um, yeah, he's had he had. 225. We talked about him last week. It's, it's yeah, monster game last week. Yeah. Yards. Um, you know, and he did that over the Broncos, and, and you yeah, know the, the front defense is not good. The well, the Chargers really couldn't get anything going besides a couple of dink dunk passes out of that. We'll talk about them in a second. But yeah. you know, the other thing is, is that you, so he's get so here's the thing, the man's getting touches. You know, he's got a really bad matchup this week against the Saints. The Saints' run defense is phenomenal right now, really stopping everybody. But I I think you hold on to him because he's playing in the AFC South. And, you know, while – I don't know. I mean you, – You feel good about him going up against the Titans and Colts? Because both yeah, of those you're, teams – you're right. You're right. They, they much, much improved – much improved defensive for both of them. But Houston is is definitely suspect. And, you know, to me, they're playing the AFC – they're playing the NFC South as well. So I don't think you can – to me, I think you keep playing him. Uh, you, you're probably a little bit disheartened because of where you drafted him. Uh, you may get some value on people who think that. You cuff him with somebody in a, in a trade to get somebody really good. But to me, I think I think you're safe continuing to sit there with him. And look, you know, two weeks in a row doing well, um, and and keep rolling. To me, I mean, New Orleans tough matchup, but then he's got he's got Cincy, Jets, and Houston before the bye. So before he gets into Indiana and Tennessee, so I mean, for for me, minus this this upcoming week, he has he has three solid games to get you in into the second half of the season. Look, I saw what he did in those first three weeks, and it was terrible. I mean, there was the one week where he had negative rushing yards outside of that one big run. I mean, that's not something I want to to roll out there 
for the rest of the season. Not to mention the fact that, like I said, he's injury prone. He gets hurt, and he's bound to get hurt. I would put my money on the over on him missing three or four games. You know, just because this is not a guy who has ever been healthy. College, pro, I mean, he's always missed games. He missed a ton of games his last year in, at LSU. And that's carried over with that ankle issue right into the NFL. Um, no, to me, I think you look at that. He's, a dual, he's the dual threat running back that we all seek. You know, he's getting he's getting you about two points uh, in a, in a half-point PPR league. Couple that with his worst game, and he's a 10-point guy every week, right? 10-point, not, not his worst game, but what he's average, more than average. So, to me, I will take a 10-point-plus running back on my team right now uh, sitting fine. I, I'm 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 but okay. See, what I'm saying is, I think right now you can move him for someone who has a higher floor because ten points is fine. It's whatever. But I think you can move him for someone like maybe Lev Bell or David well, Johnson. Ten points is his floor. I don't think I, to me. I'm not buying Lev Bell for for Leonard Fournette. Nope. Oh man, see, I would I would absolutely give up Leonard Fournette for Lev Bell uh, for a couple reasons because I know Sam Darnold's coming back. And Lev Bell has been almost as good as Leonard Fournette without Sam Darnold. And that's with Luke Falk and Trevor Simeon running out there. So I feel a lot better about him and that offense going forward. And also because Lev Bell is going to catch twice as many balls as Leonard Fournette. Fournette might get four catches a game. Uh, Lev Bell is bound to get eight or ten. That's just how good a pass catcher he is. Um, he is a much higher ceiling player. He's a championship quality player. That's why you drafted him in the first round and you drafted Leonard Fournette in the late second, early third. But I think you want to talk about some guys, and I like the thought of it because we've got some situations that are kind of, you know, 50-50, what do you feel like? Let's start with Eckler and Gordon, man. Uh, Gordon comes back and uh, gets a huge role carrying the ball, but at the same time, uh, Eckler just dominates the catches, gets a bunch of garbage time yards, you know, uh, trash man coming through and just picking up garbage, uh, but ends up with 15 catches for 80-something yards. One of those crazy games where you just don't know what to expect because you thought that maybe the Chargers would be up, and instead they were trailing by multiple scores, and so it puts them in a situation. But Gordon gets the carries, Eckler gets the catches. How are you feeling about that backfield? Yeah, I. It's interesting because to me, they all right. First off, let's talk about their matchup this week, okay? So you got the Steelers at at, at home this week for them, and to me, Eckler is a uh, in a PPR league. Eckler is a running back one two, okay? Um, I don't think he's going to have 15, 16 catches. That's sustainable, no, but, right. you know. But don't be surprised if he if he holds it about ten catches, you know. And I'm thinking. I mean, his, look, let's just run down his receiving yards this week, this year. First week, Indy, against Indy's defense, he had 96 yards receiving. 67 against Detroit, 45 against Houston, 62 against Miami, and then 86 this week. That's a really good – that's a pretty good stat line And when you add that to his rushing, you know. Now, last week's rushing wasn't so bad where he made up for it in the receiving, but let's say Gordon does, does pick up a, a load, right? But – so this is a guy who who's not like he was carrying the team by himself. He had Justin Jackson for the first part of the team, so he's kind of was in that sharing role already, and, and he's putting up good points. I don't think we're going to see him return to his leg. I'm not dropping him. 
Um, but I will tell you that to me, I think he kind of he kind of pulled away some of those catches from Allen, and um, and can, will continue to do so. I think that's going to how they're going to use him. This is going to be one of those. Look at what look at what the matchups like. Play him. I think this is a good week matchup this week. I think it's a great week matchup against Tennessee and Chicago, which are your following two games and Green Bay. And this three style defenses they got to go up against. I think he's a continue at least play as effects play, even though you got Gordon out there playing. To me, I I, I actually say play both of them. No, see, I I think Gordon is going to take a, a bell cow role this week, and you're going to see uh, Eckler fade to the background here. A uh, couple things. They're going to be playing the Steelers. They're going to be presumably running from the front. They're, they're going to be leading that game and probably leading by a significant margin based upon what the Steelers have on offense right now and their quarterback situation. So I think they're going to be running much more. They won't be throwing the ball, you know, getting a bunch of – I mean, at the end of that game against the Broncos, basically all the Broncos did was back off and say, you know what? You're down multiple scores? Sure, dump it off to Eckler, and we'll just tackle him in the middle of the field. And that's what happened. Eckler piled up uh, catches and yards, and I don't foresee that being the situation this week against a hapless Pittsburgh offense who is running out Devlin Hodges behind center. And I wonder who their backup's going to be because, I mean, they're going to have to pull something off the scrap heap at this point. I think Gordon is easily the play going forward. Uh, we're going to see a situation where Gordon takes over that backfield and Eckler becomes a flex play, you know, RB3-ish. But I certainly wouldn't feel as good about him as I did. I, I benched Gordon going into this week for David Montgomery. And I didn't do it because I thought David Montgomery was going to blow up. I did it because I was afraid that the, there was going to be a limited work workload for uh, Gordon. And there was. You put on here Damian Williams. Uh, you like the way that uh, the Kansas City Chiefs used him this week? Yeah, so for me, I think it's not so much about what he produced, because if you're looking at what he produced, you're probably not very happy. But really, no one in the backfield really produced for, for Kansas City, because this was an over-the-top game where they Pat Mahomes was just trying to do everything with his arm. I mean, so to me, I say you should be excited he made it through the game without getting hurt. Um, and you should be excited about the fact that he's the only one on the team that really got any carries. I think they're going to – I think what you're going to see – is they're going to recognize that, and and you can expect that Damian Williams is going to get back to his his same kind of same kind of uh, status as we were expecting. I'm still disappointed in him throughout the season right now. I mean, his he really hasn't produced a much. He did it well that first week against Jacksonville, but going up against Houston, I think that's a favorable matchup. Denver a favorable matchup, you know. So to me, I think. Keep playing him. I think he's going to do fine, and uh, and 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 I think I think you'll be okay. Don't worry. Yeah, the the most interesting thing was the usage there. I can't believe after what they did the first few weeks that McCoy didn't get a single carry. Um, it wasn't exactly a blowout situation. Uh, they were just in a tight game, and still nothing going uh, McCoy's way or Darrell Williams, and that's just shocking to me. I expected that to be a split. And the way Kansas City played it, it wasn't a split at all. You know, Damian Williams dominated the backfield touches, and it was kind of a shock coming off of what, uh, coming off that injury. I don't, don't know what to expect out of that backfield going forward. I still, you know, I was a Damian Williams truther going into the season, and it feels kind of weird now. Uh, but I may have to jump right back on that train because if the the Chiefs are going to use him the way they did, 
and they're going to be putting uh, players out there with uh, you know low equity. I just feel good about playing him. I want to see it one more week. I want to see their usage going forward. Uh, but I'm I'm looking forward to what they're doing in the backfield there. If they solidify a bell cow role, which Andy Reid has always liked a bell cow running back, if they solidify that with another big Damian Williams week, then go for it. Run him out there and feel good about it, uh, about him taking that job back from McCoy and putting Darrell Williams back in the nursing home where he belongs. All right, so we've talked about matchups uh, or what we prefer from certain players, but let's talk about some players that we can grab this week. Uh, that are going to help us for the rest of the season. Um, you might have mentioned, you might have missed that Michael Gallup got dropped in your league. He's a player that uh, came back unexpectedly early and looked incredible. He's got three games this year. Uh, two of them, he's over 20 points in a PPR setting. I mean, that's just absurd. He's got a, a big role in that offense, and he looked healthy on Sunday. Uh, he's a, the biggest pick for me. Uh, he might be the only one that I would use a waiver wire priority on this whole list, but I like uh, Michael Gallup going forward and that offense where, uh, you know, the defense hasn't been as good as we thought they were going to be, and so they've had to pass a lot, and that's bode well for the entire passing game. Uh, so Michael Gallup is my number one pickup of the week. And then another another receiver that looked good to me and came out of nowhere, but it kind of facilitated by the Sammy Watkins injury early on in that game is Byron Pringle. Now, it was a fun name to say. My wife was like, what did you just say when I yelled Brian Pringle over and over and over again? But he gets nine targets, goes six for 103, and has that great touchdown on the Mahomes uh, scramble. It looked like they were in sync. And he's a, a nice possession receiver for them in an offense where they were lacking something like that. The only thing they've got is uh, Kelsey. Other than that, it's Demarcus Robinson and Miko Hardiman which all they can do is just run down the field and hope that they beat the defense and get behind them. Uh, but Byron Pringle looked like a really nice receiver out there, uh, running routes, getting open, and uh, getting separation enough that uh, Mahomes could push the ball in. So he's a guy I would pick up. And, you know, we talked about Tyreek Hill coming back this week, but if he doesn't, Pringle's a must-start for me in most situations. He's a wide receiver three with high upside in that offense. Yeah, so that's my drop there for when I said I was dropping um, Watkins. I'm going and and I'm dropping Watkins because of what he's what's going on. But honestly, I'm I'm picking Pringle up in those areas where I'm still handcuffing him uh, to Hill. Uh, but I, you know, it's a, who knows what's going on? I think Hill's going to play. I don't think I'm wasting a waiver wire on him. But you know, if I if I'm that's one of those I might just wait until after the waiver wire clears and then if he's still there, grab him. But yeah, he had a really good first game, but I really didn't even know who he was before this game. So, yeah. but let me tell you somebody we know, but we don't really we haven't heard a lot of him, and that's Muhammad Sanu. That's my way, one of my way wire pickups this week. And the reason why is because he's slowly climbing the charts, man. And you know, he was. Everybody's kind of saying, you know, maybe he's uh, he's not even a, a player now. You're talking about potentially a flex, maybe a three. You know, I don't know what. We do know this. The Atlanta Falcons can throw points up on the board. They certainly can't stop anybody, but they'll throw points up on the board. And what a fantastic matchup to, to go up against Arizona this week. And so, you know, to me, uh, maybe 
maybe you grab him, uh, but when you're talking about you're going to go up against some def- difficult defenses, he actually has been getting uh, getting more targets against those difficult defenses. And I think he is certainly one of those you could probably put away in there. Um, you know. Yeah, look, I don't, I don't I don't mind Sanu for this week, but going forward for the season, I don't feel great. Um, he's had stretches like this with big games, uh, big target counts. But that Atlanta offense, outside of Julio Jones and what looks like uh, Austin Hooper now, is they spread the ball around a lot. And I don't trust that he's going to be the man uh, over someone like Calvin Ridley. I mean, he had a really nice stretch at the end of last year. But before that, he was, eh, whatever, marginal. And that kind of holds true for that offense. Calvin Ridley had a really uh, strong start to the season last year, weeks two, three, four-ish. Uh, and then kind of settled into a secondary role. Uh, I think you're going to see something very similar to that. They're going to start pushing the ball to go, to Julio Jones because that's what they do. They, they're they going to get him more targets. Uh, he's not going to get six, seven targets a week. He's going to be more in that eight to ten range, and that's going to affect the whole offense. Um, I don't feel really confident about starting Sanu going forward. He's fine this week simply because, hey, it's Arizona, and – Arizona is a great team to start anybody against, uh, as shown by Boyd and uh, Alden Tate, which, I mean, going into the late in the second half of that game looked like nothing. And then both of those guys end up turning big games because at any point, big plays can be made against that defense. So, uh, look, we talked about uh, Wayne Gallman being out and uh, Saquon Barkley having, uh, you know, bum ankle still we don't know what's going to happen with that so another pickup uh, potentially is john hilleman um he has got a real opportunity depending on what the giants decide to do and opportunity is everything in the nfl he is a nobody you'll never hear him again once saquon barkley comes back and if as long as he stays healthy but in the meantime this could be a one-week start for you guys uh it's not the best matchup but Hilleman has the opportunity, you know, 15, 20 touches to at least be a flex play. And when you're looking at waiver wire at this point and in a light week like this week, I wouldn't use a priority on him. I wouldn't waste uh, too much fab, but I would go ahead and roster him if I'm looking for any running back help. Uh, Jeff, I know you were kind of interested in him. Tell me about tell me what you think about John Hilleman. No, I'm interested from a standpoint of, uh, you know, does he come in and have a game uh, kind of like what Gallman had in his first first week back uh, or first week after Saquon? I, I mean, I don't know, but they were playing the, the Redskins. They were playing up pretty big. Um, you know, so to me, you know, even in that game, uh, Hilleman got 10 rushes for 33 yards, you know, so uh, and he had a fumble that game. You know, now you got Minnesota tougher and, and nine for 20, uh, and he did receive some targets without Gallman in there. So this will really be his first game as he's the big guy and he's playing New England. I don't know. To me, I, I think he's going to be the one that's going a lot. Everybody's going to go after him because Gallman's down, uh, because he's definitely available and pretty probably everywhere. Uh, yeah, so they're playing New England. So I think pass. Uh, I don't think. I don't think he's the pick. 
Yeah, look, all I'm going to say is that everyone was saying pass on Wayne Gallman, and uh, he ended up getting big opportunity and converting. And I'm not saying that John Hilleman is even Wayne Gallman, but uh, once again, opportunity is everything. And when you get carries and catches in the NFL, there's something's bound to happen. Uh, look, we got a couple, we got some people uh, out there that are catching balls and doing it consistently. Gerald Everett, he's got two straight games with really nice production. Uh, Two weeks ago, he got eight targets and uh, converted that to be five yard, five catches for 44 yards and a touchdown. And then this week, he gets 11 targets and uh, catches seven for 136. Just a monster week. Uh, he might be that forgotten guy because that was that Thursday night game. Uh, so it's it's almost like it was last year uh, in NFL terms because of how we think about the weekend and how we forget about what happened on Thursday. Uh, it was so far back. But... He's a guy who, if you're, you know, bye weeks are here. It's it's upon us. The real bye weeks, not just two teams out, but four or five, six teams that are on bye. So uh, this is a big pickup for a lot of people. And Gerald Everett has an opportunity to be uh, a strong tight end, you know, back end tight end one, high end tight end two, who during during bye weeks could could end up being a difference maker. And then uh, Auden Tate, we talked about him last week. And he goes out there and converts with a touchdown. You know, not a huge game by any means, but he does get on the board, and that's important uh, for anyone out there that's grabbing wide receivers off the waiver wire and, and plugging and playing. Uh, it's an opportunity to to get some easy points. And with John Ross on IR still, uh, I still think that that's a good uh, player to pick up. I don't know that I would trust him as much this week, but uh, he does have opportunity going forward. And then we mentioned David Johnson earlier and how he was a little banged up. Chase Edmonds is a must-own. You've got to have him somewhere. Somebody's got to have him on a roster. He does not belong on the waiver wire right now. He's one of those clear backups to a stud who can end up taking a bell cow role and, and could possibly be a back-end RB1, at worst a high-end RB2. So uh, look for that. Uh, Jeff, you interested in any of those players, Everett, Tate, Edmonds? I know we talked about Tate last week. So how about Everett and Edmonds? What do you think? I think Everett has a good opportunity here as a tight end uh, streamer this week. I mean, I, I certainly would look to pick him up. I think he had he's, he's slowly grown in that in that offense. Uh, you know, so to me, I think it's 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 worth a grab there. Uh, if you're looking to plug somebody in, but I'm not playing him any other reason. I, I agree with you on Chase Edmonds. You got to go grab him and play him. So, and I like Auden Take. I, I do. I like. I like now that Ross is gone. I think he he has a lot of opportunity there to, like you were saying, opportunities, everything. I think he made the best of it. Uh, I think he's he's worth grabbing. I think this will probably be, you know, his last week to grab grab him and go. But you know, that's just my thoughts on on some of those players. So. Yeah. And I want to went, I want to mention one more guy, Darius Slayton. Uh, a lot of you guys don't know him. He's a rookie. Uh, came out and had a really nice uh, game after Shepard goes down. Shepard, this is his second concussion of the season, so expect him to miss multiple weeks. And if Evan Ingram misses as well, that's a huge opportunity for Darius Slayton, uh, along with Golden Tate moving back into the slot there. Uh, those two guys. Uh, but I would be trying to look for Darius Slayton on the back end, maybe waking up early on the uh, morning of waivers and grabbing him for free, uh, because that's a that's a situation where you might find them trailing big time against those uh, New England Patriots and having to throw a bunch, and that's only a recipe for success for wide receivers. So look, 
Let's get on to our next segment, and that's the offenses surging to the front. And with that, I've got three listed. And it's going to be no surprise for the first one, the Texans. They just laid it on my Atlanta Falcons, uh, 53 points. Just a ridiculous outing and nothing to nothing to complain about with what they did there. Uh, everybody on that offense produced. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins had what most people would consider a quiet day, and it was 7 for 88. Uh, Carlos Hyde got on the board with a touchdown. And, of course, Will Fuller went nuts, and Deshaun Watson had an incredible day. So uh, the Packers... Uh, their offense has been humming, not due to Aaron Rodgers, really, but due to the running game. You know, Aaron Jones goes out there and throws up four touchdowns and has 107 yards and and is really involved in the pass game with Jamal Williams down uh, seven for 75 through the through the air, which is incredibly nice uh, for a guy that a lot of people didn't expect to have a huge role in the pass game entering the season. But without Jamal Williams out there, uh, he had he really took advantage uh, the offense is moving well. Uh, I would feel great about starting Aaron Jones on any given week. I think we said that last week that uh, he is a must start right now with the opportunity he's going to have. And then the Eagles. The Eagles have scored 24 or more in every game this year. I mean, you can't ask for any more than that. You're putting three touchdowns and a field goal at least every week. That's going to lead to points from every position player out there at some point. Uh, you know, Alshon still playing well. Jordan Howard is doing good. And, of course, Carson Wentz, another nice uh, week going forward. I would start him. So I, I, totally disagree with, I, I totally disagree with you on Eagles. So 14 of their points came off their defense. And and listen, look, listen to this. So Carson Wentz hasn't thrown over 200 yards since week three. He hasn't completed more than 60% of his passes since week one. You know, so to me, yeah, he's throwing up a touchdown, but I'm asking, I'm asking myself, when you're not making those completion percentages against teams like the Jets, you know, you, you gotta really ask yourself, what, what is going on here? Maybe, maybe there's a missing link there, and and, and that's Alshon Jeffrey, but I mean, he did come back this week, and you still got a situation where he got six of eight, you know. Look, I think uh, what you're pointing out, what you're pointing out with the volume there is is a game flow situation where they're not going to play Luke Falk and get two easy touchdowns. Uh, but at the same time, it's not like the offense struggled. Uh, they did what they had to do and grind it out. But uh, no, but the key still, here is that it's not a it's not an offense that's surging to the front, and that's where I disagree with you. I I do agree okay. that Texas and Packers are surging. But the Eagles, I think, to me, they're not surging to the front. They're just they're just there, and it, to me, I. I don't, I don't agree. Yeah, I understand that. I get you. Uh, speaking of of teams that we may not agree on, you know, a couple weeks ago I said the Chargers were fading to the rear, and you 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 know chided me for that. Looks like outside of that Dolphins game, they're right where I said they were going to be, which is no good. You know, you can't count on anybody in that offense outside of right now Eckler. Uh, Keenan Allen has been a little disappointing, and I you know I'm still rolling him out in anywhere that I've got him. But that's not, you know, I want to see what Melvin Gordon gets going this week. I want to see if they target Keenan Allen. I want to see if Hunter Henry returns to the practice field this week because there's uh, optimism for him going forward uh, either this week or next. But Phillip Rivers has got to get it together. 
because he's looking like an old quarterback right now, and I don't want to play him. I don't want. I'm I'm looking forward to every week that I start a game against Philip Rivers. How how can you say that when the guy the guy posted? Yeah, okay, he played Houston. He plays Miami. He posted over 300 yards and four touchdowns in those two games. He had three touchdowns against Indy, against that defense in week one, and he had over 300 yards. He almost had 300 yards against Detroit. This week he had a really off week. I get it. But in reality, I mean, the guy, the, the guy's still playing pretty decent. So I don't know. To me, to me, I think you're, you're hating on him a little too much. I think let's see how he does against Pittsburgh. Uh, if he can't do it against Pittsburgh, he's going to have a really rough schedule. And if you want to base it on the fact that he's got a really rough schedule, Tennessee, Chicago, Green Bay, kind of what we were talking about with uh, uh, Keenan Allen earlier, is I think he just had a bad week. Uh, I'm not kicking this off of anything. So uh, to me, I, I'm I'm not. There are other quarterbacks that I would be streaming over Phillip Rivers, but this is a this is the week that you're going to play. Him. Uh, bef- and then he, then you're gonna then you need a bench team or dropping. Yeah, but so, Jeff, if I give you this stat line, if I tell you that a quarterback is on pace for 4,700 yards, 22 touchdowns, and 13 interceptions, how do you feel about that guy? Because that's what Philip Rivers is right now. He's got seven touchdowns, four interceptions, and he, he's not having a good season. You know, 4,700, 22, and 13. That's some Joe Flacco stats. Is that what you want to roll out there? That's why I'm saying that I don't feel great about him, and if I'm starting against him, I feel confident because he is not throwing up any monster games. He's just not that good this year. All right, so a couple other offenses, and it doesn't need much explanation here. One one got his coach fired. Uh, another, it's just whatever. The Redskins and Titans. We've said enough about the Redskins. I don't feel good about anybody coming out of that. And then uh, the Titans. It's still Marcus Mariota, and they had a tough matchup this week. And when Marcus Mariota goes up against a tough matchup, he looks like somebody who should be benched. And I'm still waiting for them to bench him for Ryan Tannehill because Ryan Tannehill is a better passer, and Mariota offers basically nothing to the offense uh, outside of a little bit of running. Uh, He's just not a very good quarterback with his arm. And so I'd like to see a change there for the benefit of everybody in that offense. You know, they had that get-right game against Atlanta, but other than that, Whatever. I mean, everyone has a get right game against Atlanta these days. All right. So I know you all like to look forward to this from us. Uh, We've got the opportunity to grab some players that can help you this week. We're not talking about, again, season long stuff, but players that we like to go forward uh, to plug and play. It's a bye week. There's injuries, et cetera. Uh, Let's start with the QB and uh, Kirk Cousins. We're going to go back to him. He performed for us this past week, uh, had a really nice game. And now he plays a Philly defense who can't stop anybody through the air. They have an incredible run defense, but their pass defense is suspect and has been. So I want to play Kirk Cousins, and I want to play his receiving options, both uh, Thielen and Diggs this week against uh, the Philly defense. Dalvin Cook is a little bit of a – I'm going to lower my expectations. I don't expect him to be a top five, maybe even not even a top ten running back this week. But uh, Kirk Cousins, roll him out there and get it done. And then another, uh, we're going to go with my local boy, Gardner Minshew, against that New Orleans defense. Uh, Jeff mentioned earlier, they stop everybody on the ground, but what they don't do is they don't stop anybody through the air. Uh, They're still... Really? Really? What about Cooper? What about Evans? What? Are you serious right now? 
Come on, man. Are we talking about receivers right now? Because Godwin just lit y'all up. And so Gardner Minshew has it. Gardner Minshew is is going to light the the New Orleans defense up. Now I'm not saying that they're going to score a bunch of points. I'm not I'm not even saying they're going to put 30 on the board. But their pass defense is suspect, and you know it. They certainly stopped Mike Evans. And then what happened on the other side of the, of the field? I don't care. You guys have one good game against Dallas. Other than that, the the pass defense has been terrible. And you know it. Don't be, don't be a homer on us. We don't need homers on this podcast. No, I'm saying Darmin's shoe is going to be on the ground a lot. I mean, this is defense that's putting up a lot of sacks, too. To me, I think you just really I, – I just can't believe you're either one of these quarterbacks. I'm going back. I'm telling you right now. I don't have either one of those quarterbacks in my top ten on my rankings this week. I do have Phil Rivers in my top ten because they're playing Pittsburgh. But I ain't even got any of those two that you just brought up in your top 15. I think Phil Rivers is more streamer and available out there than any of those two. Just what I'm saying. I see. I don't. Again, I don't know what the ownership is on uh, Philip Rivers, and I can look that up and post it on our uh, Twitter. But I don't think that I'm looking up real quick here because I want to get down here where New Orleans is 19th. And they have – I'm trying to get to their sack total here because I don't recall them putting a whole lot of pressure on the quarterback here. That's six sacks this past weekend. And that's 16 for the season. So in the other four games, they had a whopping 10 sacks, two and a half a game. Nobody's going to complain about their quarterback going down two and a half times. Uh, they, of course, rolled over Tampa Bay. That's not – again, they're not great. They're 19th in the league in pass defense. They're allowing yards – and Gardner Minshew has been very good this year. And in a game where I expect Jacksonville to be able to uh, air it out a little bit, and knowing that that Fournette and that offensive line are going to struggle against the front seven, uh, I foresee something good for Gardner Minshew. And then uh, a tight end, this is where it gets ugly, guys. And we already mentioned Gerald Everett. Uh, he's had two really nice games. And then Darren Fells is, is the other one I've got on my list. And I know it's reaching deep in the well here. He's not somebody that you want to really look forward to. But he does have a score, at least one score, in two of the last three games. He got two this past weekend, and he got a touchdown in week three. So there's opportunity there. It's not pretty out there, but there's a lot of guys that are going to be on bye coming up in the next few weeks. And this week in particular, I want to play Gerald Everett, and I want to play Darren Fells. I shouldn't say I want to play him. I... Let me clarify. I don't yeah, want to play. Yeah, I I think everybody everybody was horrible on tight ends this week, like you said earlier. I don't think there's any good options out there. Yeah, but I it's a it's just, a bye week situation. So now yeah, we're looking at it's tough. We're, we're looking at placing tight ends. So I don't want Gerald to. Gerald Everett, that's a pick. But might have to. Yeah. Oh, so, and if you have to, those are the best two options out there right now. Okay. Um, yeah. And then uh, let's go to defense because that is a little easier. Uh, you got Devlin Hodges out there for, at quarterback, so give me the Chargers defense. I want to see it happen. I want to uh, play the Chargers defense, and I want to get them on the field against that terrible Steelers offense with James Conner not being able to run, Jalen Samuels still out there running Wildcat and not getting anything done, and then Juju Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson, just, man, whatever, with that offense all day, every day. And then I already mentioned how bad the Titans offense is, so give me the Broncos D because they're going to stop everything through the air. They might struggle a little bit against Derrick Henry, but uh, I think they're going to get some turnovers this week. And they've struggled to get turnovers, but Marcus Mariota is one of those guys that can throw picks in bunches. And then, Jeff, 
I know you've been so high on the Cowboys defense and they have not been great, but, and this is just, this to me is dependent upon who starts at quarterback. If Sam Darnold plays, I don't want to play him. But if Luke Fox out there, anybody against the Jets, because it's freaking Luke Falk. So the guy who can't get a first town, a first team rep in practice over a, over a guy who has got a, a mono and a enlarged spleen. This is just start the Cowboys D. They're my number one pickup if Luke Falk is playing. They are not a pickup at all if Sam Darnold's playing for me. Yeah, that's the Cowboys to me, the Cowboys all season to me have been one of those. That, that's my streamer. Play him here, play him that. I've been off and on because I, I think that was great to, to stream. I mean, to me, I've been keeping him on my bench and plug and play him as I need him. And this is the weekend that I'm playing him, you know. But I have three for you. I got, like we said, the whole season. Anybody playing the Miami Dolphins. So the Redskins are playing Miami Dolphins. Pick them. Yeah. Why not? Uh, here's one for you. The Falcons versus Arizona. Why not? Uh, and uh, New Orleans. I think New Orleans defense, to me, uh, playing Jacksonville this week. I, hey, I'm not on the Minshew bandwagon. I think that uh, – you know, the defense is stout. I think I would like to see what Gardner Minshew does without, with Leonard Fournette being shut down. I think that's a real possibility this week. I think it's going to be relying on Minshew's arm. And I think you're going to be, be disappointed by what he can do. Just just my saying, but if you're really out there looking for some points, uh, New Orleans defense hasn't disappointed. I agree with you on your three picks. Those are mine. Uh, I think it's much easier to do some defense this week than it is with the tight ends. I got to slow you down here because you mentioned the Falcons, and I, I'm a Falcons fan. I am not starting them against anybody out there. Uh, Arizona has been able to move the ball. I don't know what Christian Kirk's status is right now, but I don't feel great about starting that Falcons defense under any circumstances right now. Uh, and then the Redskins defense, look, there's a limit to how far I'm going to go against saying play anybody against the Dolphins, and that's where I draw the line because the Redskins defense is terrible. And look, you say watch out for uh, what Gardner Minshew is going to do without without Leonard Fournette. But you got to remember, Leonard Fournette wasn't good the first three games, and Gardner Minshew was. I mean, he's he started three games in a row, which was the first time that a rookie started three games in a row with two touchdowns and 200 yards. I mean, there's just something to be said for consistency, and I'm. I wouldn't worry too much about what Leonard Fournette does in that offense and how it affects them because there's more to it than just that. Look, Jeff, let's wrap it up real quick. And I've got this TV in front of me and it is driving me nuts because the Browns are getting killed by the 49ers. Uh, boy, here come the 49ers guys on Twitter. They're going to be drooling all over themselves after what's going on in this game. Uh, but I needed a big game from Odell and a bad game from that 49ers D, and it's going the exact opposite way. So it looks like I'm going to have another loss to a terrible backwards 0-4 team going into this week. And uh, so I need to get out of here before I lose my mind. Uh, but, man, hey, look, I, I know you're feeling a little under the weather, and I appreciate you trucking it out for me and uh, being strong and giving our listeners what they need to hear uh, one more week. Maybe we'll get you some rest here. And uh, you can come back strong next week, man. I sure appreciate you being on with me again. Yeah, it was fun. I uh, appreciate you having me back on. And, uh, you know, for, for us out there doing it on Monday night, you know, this is uh, this we're trying to get in there. Yeah, I'm under the weather, but uh, it's definitely worth getting out there for our listeners so they can kind of see what the waiver wire pickups are. 
Hey, don't don't listen to the Minshew magic. There's nothing to to say when you got eight turnovers, you got three fumbles lost last week. I'm just saying, don't get on the Minshew magic. Uh, go Saints, and if you uh, and you can hit us up at the Rundown FF Pod. Y'all have a great night. Yeah, but and uh, remember again, find us on Apple Podcasts by searching the Rundown FF Pod. Uh, spread the news. Let let your folks know. All your friends, your buddies. Uh, we'd love to get more listeners as always. Uh, we want to read those ratings and reviews. Um, and make sure you hit that subscribe button because we're going to drop episodes and we're going to drop them earlier every week than we had been early in the season. And we want you to be able to take advantage of that. So uh, catch our next episode by hitting that subscribe button. And uh, we're going to get out of here. So once again, thanks for listening. And as always, together we run this. We'll catch you next week.